Welcome to the Sermon of the Week. Before you begin listening, let me pray that you would encounter God right where you are. Father, I ask that your Spirit would be present wherever people are listening. May they be aware of your presence and receptive to the voice of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you listen to this week's message. Well, we have um, been in a series called Positioned. And this um, series, we've uh, taken it from Second Chronicles chapter 20. We're going to read that in a minute. But we've been looking at King Jehoshaphat. And King Jehoshaphat is um, in these particular scriptures that we will read in a minute. He is our example. He shows us by his life and, 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 and what it truly means to be rightly positioned before God so that we can experience victory in our walk with God and God's favor as we walk our along this life with him. Uh, Jehoshaphat's commitment and him being rightly positioned before God allowed not only for his own life to be a successful life and to be blessed of God and to and for God to expand his kingdom. But beyond that, to give the nation of Israel a time of peace, which was so important for them during that time because nations were attacking them left, right, and center. And as we read at the very, and we're going to read again, the, the, the very fact that King Jehoshaphat and the nation of Israel were surrounded by a number of countries that wanted to destroy them. And that's always been the case as far as the nation of Israel is concerned. They've always, there's been always a nation out there that has wanted to destroy, but God's purposes prevail. Amen. And so we're going to read again 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 14 to 17. We're going to put them up. Uh, on the screen, and we read them together. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Baniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, and and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly, and he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all of you who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or be discouraged because of this vast army. I want to pause there for a moment because I truly believe that for some of us that may be going through situations and, 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 and circumstances in our lives, we, this is the word of the Lord for you this morning. I don't know where you're at. I know that I really sense that with Laura, when she stopped and she said, let's pray that God will give you hope in the middle of your circumstances. I believe that that's the word of the Lord for you today, that this is what the Lord says To you, put your name next to it. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged because of the vast army. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the big issue that you're facing, because of the big trial that you're going through, because of the circumstances that that are passing through your life. Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Would you do me a favor and look at the person next to you and tell them the battle is not yours. It is God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. Let's look at the next verses. 
tomorrow, march against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. And that every time I read these verses and these words, I am encouraged because we go through, through situations and seasons in our lives where we feel like we have to fight the battle. We feel like, you know, there's absolutely no option, but I need to step in. I need to do something. Well, you know what? There are circumstances in our lives when God says, you will not have to fight the battle. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for you. Take up your position. Be rightly positioned. That's what we're talking about. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Every time you see and you hear and you read words repeated in the Bible, there's a message there from God to you. And we have read it twice. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. You need to know that in your spirit today. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Get out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. The Lord will be with you. I've mentioned in the past uh, installments of the series that we need to be rightly positioned with God in terms of our identity, that we need to be determined as we position ourselves before God in our battles and the things that we face in life. We need to be positioned in regards to prayer, in regards to relationships, in regards to gratitude. But today I want to share with you something that I believe it is absolutely critical for the Christian life, and that is faith. Faith. Faith is key to our positioning with God. In Hebrews chapter 10, sorry, in verses 22 and 23, we read these words. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Hmm. I mean, we could just stop right there. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. We can't fool God anyway, so might as well just do it right. <laughs> am, I, am I wrong here? We can't fool God. He knows. So let us go to him with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that what? Say that with me. Faith brings. There's an assurance that comes from faith that goes beyond any human reasoning and understanding and things that we may have learned. Let us hold unswervingly. I love that word. I mean, have you ever seen on the highway people that are like driving and you don't know what's going on? They're like all over the place. They're like swerving left, right, and center. They probably put their phone in their hands trying to check their Facebook. I don't know what they're doing or Instagram or whatever. Let us hold unswervingly, straight, solid to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. I'm so glad that we serve a God who is faithful. Aren't you glad? He is not going to let you down. He's not, not going to let me down as long as we hold faithful 
ourselves steady and unswervingly in the hope and faith that he has given us, we cannot make a mistake. Now, when it comes to faith, I think we all have this tendency to want to pray, Lord, give me more faith. I need more faith. But the better question to ask ourselves is the following. If we exercised the faith that God has given us. You see, in order to grow in our faith, in order for our faith to get a little stronger and a little higher, we need to activate the measure of faith that God has given us. In, order, in other words, we practice what we have received. Oftentimes, we just want to ask God for more. We're going to God and we're saying, I need a bigger ministry. I need a bigger thing. I, God, you got to give me more, 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 more. And yet God is saying, stop a minute. Let's talk about what I give you. What are you doing with the talents that I give you? With the calling that I give you? With the giftings that are in your life? That 30, 60, 100 fold. Where is, what's going on in your life? Are you hiding it? Are you fully utilizing what God has given you and what God has given me? The Bible teaches that we receive faith when we first accept Jesus as our Savior. That is the moment that faith is important to each and every one of us. When we receive Christ and God reveals himself to us, he does so by faith. It is not something that is automatically born inside of you. You cannot understand God, humanly speaking. Now listen to this. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says this. For by grace you have been saved. We got to stop there and realize that grace, the grace of God is what draws us to him and what has drawn us to him. Friends, grace is more than just unmerited favor. Grace is the power to live for Jesus. Grace is a little bit more than just this thing that we receive when we accept Christ and then we're done. There's much more to it. Grace. By grace we've been saved. And this is not of your own doing. How many of us have so often gotten in the way of God? Because again, we're trying to help Him. We're trying to figure a way that we can just step into the role of being God's helpers. But you know what? Faith and grace, it's all God's doing. He has given it to us. It is the gift of God, the Scripture says. The gift of God. Now, further, not a result of works. In other words, there's absolutely nothing that you can do, have done, will ever do. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter how many books about faith and grace and all the, the theological understanding that you may inherit. None of that will help you because it is not a result of your works. It is not the great understanding that I may obtain as I read more and I expend my knowledge in the things of God. It is not of works so that no one may boast. 
If it was because of the things that I can learn, if it were because of the great knowledge that I can attain, well, who needs God? We would not need God. Do you understand me, church? It is a gift of God. We have received it. We have received this grace. We have been brought into the family of God because he is so good and so loving and so wonderful. It's all by grace. When I was preparing for this message, I, I paused and I, I said, Lord, what is it that you want me to share and impart to your people about faith? Because, you know, quite frankly, I think that we have understood and we have read books about faith and we have heard messages about faith and, and we've gone through it. And many of us have been believers for a number of years. But here's what I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, and I wrote it down. It says, faith is always qualitative, not quantitative. It's qualitative, not quantitative. Faith that originates in the secret place is the quality of faith that God is looking for. It is trust in the essence and the nature of God. It is not conjured up or dependent on someone else's concept or level of faith. Faith is qualitative. Now, we can read books about faith. We can check out all kinds of sermons on YouTube about faith. And trust me, there are so many. But faith as a muscle needs to be exercised right where we are. Great men of faith have been imparted great gifts of faith. But may I tell you today that you can be a great man of faith and you can be a great woman of faith if we tap into the quality of faith that God is looking to give each and every one of us. The subject of faith is so vast and is so big. Faith, friends, we've said this many times, is not something that's just just taught, but it is caught. It is more than a theological argument. Faith is a very foundation of our Christian life, and faith is the very currency that we can speak with God so that we can understand each other. Because without faith, we're going to see in a minute, it's impossible to please the Lord. The subject of faith, unfortunately, to some degree, has been abused and it has created some division in the body of Christ. Denominational barriers have been created because of misunderstanding when it comes to faith. Some believe in the, we've heard it before, the name it and claim it kind of faith. It's a faith argument. And the proponents of this argument basically disregard facts and truth in the process of getting what they feel that they need to get. Others, unfortunately, don't believe that faith is a substance 
of Hebrews 11 either. And what they need to see, God operate in the supernatural, God doesn't. So why do we even believe that? Because they don't believe in that type of faith, frankly, they probably never will see anything in the realm of the supernatural manifested in their lives. I believe that faith, here's what, I'm going to give you another one of my statements. This is my own definition of faith. Faith that is birthed in the secret place is faith that does not deny facts. It is faith that superimposes the natural with the supernatural. How many of you are photographers? Put your hand up. All right, look how many photographers are around here. It's incredible. You know what I'm talking about when you superimpose? You know, back in the day when I used to be a photographer, my son is probably going to laugh at me right now, I had a Pentax Emmy Super. I mean, I was so proud of that thing. And we had these lenses that would superimpose above my 28 to 105 lens, you know, that I carried around with me. When I wanted to get, you know, those nice colors of the, of the rainbow, I'd put a little filter in front of it. This would superimpose the, rag, the regular, naturally looking photograph with something different. It would put a filter. You know, faith is like that. It, faith superimposes the natural with the supernatural. Faith is like looking through different color glasses. It's like looking through the supernatural with natural eyes. That's what faith does. It elevates the power of God above circumstances, above lacks, above sickness, above disease. Faith finds its origin in the nature of God. It is pure, it is divine, and it is based on the Word of God. Amen. Now, if you disagree with that, I guess you would have to disagree with the Bible. So I didn't just come up with it and just thought of like real cool-looking words. These are biblical concepts. Faith, friends, is the foundation of a bridge. Solid Solid, you got to have cars, trucks, they go over those bridges. It's got to be solid. Faith is a key that unlocks doors. Faith is a compass that brings us through uncharted waters. And faith helps us on our way when we're lost. Faith is the anchor of our soul, we used to sing. Faith, without faith, our belief our system, our belief concepts, our belief system, our theology will lack evidence and it will lack substance. Faith is more than just an abstract concept. I need more than just abstract concepts in my life. I need faith. I want to live the truth of the power of the gospel of Jesus in its purest form. Friends, I'm in the midst of reading the gospels and I am like shaken to the root of my being because you know what? When I see what Jesus did, I don't see us doing. I don't see me doing. Jesus would enter a village and immediately he would go where the needs were. 
He did not have to feed the 5,000, but Jesus looked at his disciples and said, I feel for them. They've been with us for three days. Let's give them something to eat. Jesus was compassionate to the core. Jesus was in tune with the Father. The gospel is a representation of the very heart of God manifests through the life of Jesus, the Son of God, man, come to earth to save humanity. I want to be like that Jesus. But faith, unfortunately, as a foundational belief, is becoming more rare with the days because we are becoming more self-sustained. I want you to think about it for a moment. When's the last time that we went to God and asked for our daily bread? We're self-sustained. We have everything that we need and more. Even in this country, the poor have so much more than the ones that don't. Or perhaps even more than the ones they do in other countries. We don't really need faith for God to provide and protect us because we're doing a pretty good job by ourselves, aren't we? We have everything that we need. We have little that we lack. Why trust God to be the source of our very existence and the supplier of everything that we need when we are taking care of all of our needs and perhaps even some of our wants. This does not mean, however, that we become lazy. It doesn't mean I'm not talking about sitting around and waiting for things to be handed to you or to me. But friends, all the things that we can accrue in this life, money, possession, fame, success, love, and adulation from people are only but a smokescreen for the reality that can only be found in God. He is the source. He is the one that we go to. He is the very essence of life that we need every single day. God cannot just be an afterthought, friends. And I'm not talking about coming to church. You do what you do before you and God. You fix that with Him. But I'm telling you, in your regular walk with Jesus, if He is not the very source of everything that you do, everything that goes through your mind has got to be put through the filter of who God is. He wants to be the source. He wants to be all. And He wants all of us, not just part of us. So, as we look through this series, I want to, I want to give you some biblical foundations for faith. And I want to tell you a little bit more about what the Bible says about faith. Is that all right? Well, first of all, I want to tell you that faith, as I've been just saying, is a must, an absolute must in our Christian walk. It all starts 
with faith. We said it before. It is what's imparted to us when we first believe. Now, in second in uh, second uh, Corinthians chapter five and verse seven, it says this: "For we walk by faith, not by sight." If we look at the circumstances around us, we will lose all hope. Right? Laura mentioned that we focus on that. And I think even Jad at the beginning, that was the focus of our pre-service prayer today. We prayed because we felt that God wanted to impart hope in all of us. And we do need divine hope. We need hope. We need to not walk by sight, not by the things that we see, not by the wars, by, not by the, the, the uh, financial hardships in our society today, not by the struggles in our culture. We can't look at all of that and survive because if we do, if we make those priorities our very existence, then you know what? We're going to walk around hopeless. We can't survive. I can't survive if I tur turn on the 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 um, uh, the news at night or in the morning, and I just feed myself with that. You know what I need to feed myself in. You know what you need to feed yourself with, the Word of God. More than CNN, more than SNBC, Fox News, and all the other news, we need God's Word in our lives to penetrate deeply and build roots that are so deep in us that it doesn't matter what happens in this world. We look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's what I need. That's what we need. Faith illuminates our path and it brings clarity. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Faith brings clarity. And it takes away the confusion that the enemy is trying to flood our minds with. Because it is so easy for all the lies that the devil is perpetrating in our culture and society today to overtake us. It is faith. Faith in God that will strengthen us, that will guide us, but it will also sustain us. In 2 Timothy, the second scripture that I have up there, it says, I have fought the good fight. Paul the Apostle, he fought the fight of faith. He lived for God. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I know a little bit about finishing some races, not that many, but I finished some races. Some I'm talking about actual physical races, marathon races, you know, 10K, 5K, 8K, whatever K, how many Ks you, you know, I love those people that have the zero miles in the back of their car. They don't really care to run. That's okay. But you know what? When I, I remember running those marathons and you're all I was thinking of, my God, 26.2 miles. How am I going to get to that? And you finally, you see 26 and you're like, oh, I've done it. But then you got that 0 0.2 that just kicks your butt at the very end because all you want to do is just give up. But Paul is saying, man, I have finished the race. I'm at the end. I'm in prison. I don't like to be where I am right now. But you know what? I'm not giving up. 
And for many of us, it's the same story, friends. We may be going through situations and hardships and, 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 and we're facing difficulties, but don't give up. Don't give up. Finish the race. It is not how well you start. It's how well you finish. How many great kings in the Old Testament? You read about them. You read of their fame and fortune. The sad part is that some of them started well but didn't finish well. And while their great commitment to what they were doing for the sake of God is remembered in the Scriptures, unfortunately, so are the failures because they wouldn't finish well. I have fought a good fight. If you feel that you're in this and you're not fighting and everything is easy, I think you need to go back to the drawing board. Because you know what? It's a fight. It's a fight. It's a struggle some days. Some mornings I get up and I look at all the circumstances and all the things that are going around me. And, I, and sometimes you just want to give up. Have you been there? Come on, be honest. Yeah. You just want to give up. It's too much. I'm only a human. I'm flesh and blood. I can't handle more of this pressure. But you know what? One more day. Pull out the sword and go fight. One more day. Like somebody used to say, a new 24. There's a new 24 in front of us. It's okay. We're going to keep going. We're not going to give up. We're going to fight the good fight. We're going to finish the race and we're going to keep the faith. Because you can run the race and fight the fight and bleed through your nose. But you know what? Unless you stay faithful to what God has called you to in him, we may just not finish well. So I encourage us today, let us finish the race and keep the faith. We're living in a society that is increasingly post-Christian. If we haven't faced it yet, we are all going to, at some point or another, faith, face some rejection, perhaps even persecution to some degree and some level. You say, why is that? Because of our faith. Because of your faith in Him. Because of our belief in God. If everything is hunky-dory and wonderful in our walk with God and no one ever questions who we are in God, are we living a neutral life? I'm not telling you to be fanatical and just wherever you go, just wear a t-shirt, Jesus saves, and just call and tell everybody, hey, Jesus, Jesus saves, you know, see that? Better get on board. Train is a comic. I'm telling us and encouraging us today, all of us, I am like number one in all of this because God is speaking into my life just as much as I'm hoping that he's speaking to you, that we have got to run this race with God 
and finish with God because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Our faith must be strong. In a culture that is pushing God out of the public square, we have got to know who we are in him. That's why I talk to you about identity in God. So absolutely critical because as God is being pushed out and nobody cares about God in any way, shape or form, you know what? We count. Because we have God living on the inside. I'm talking about foundational faith this morning, not just nominal faith. Not just the faith that makes us feel like we need to go to church on Sunday morning. That's not the kind of faith I'm talking about. It's faith that will allow you to thrive in your walk with Jesus. It's faith that will make you unwavering, persuaded, as Paul said, I am persuaded that he is able, determined to follow Jesus no matter what. No matter what, that's the faith that we must have in our Christian walk with him. I can already tell that I'm not going to finish this message on faith. Is it all right with you guys? Can I give you one more? I'm going to come back to faith. Faith is needed to see answered prayers. Faith is absolutely needed. In Matthew chapter 21 and verse 22, it says this. And whatever, <laughs> whatever you ask for in prayer, how much is whatever? Is there any limit to whatever? What is your whatever? Is that a job? Is that finances? Is that a sickness? Is that a relational struggle? Is that a marital conflict? What is your whatever? Because whatever... Whatever, Matthew 21, 22, whatever you ask in prayer, here's a promise, you will receive. Why? If you have faith. Whatever we ask for. We don't have to live in lack, in disappointment, in disbelief, whatever the circumstances. We don't have to live in any of that. Because when we go to God and we ask for anything, whatever that is, anything that we ask for in prayer. It doesn't say you may receive it. Now, how is the Bible so certain that every prayer that we will pray, we will receive? Here is what I believe in my heart. 
that oftentimes the prayers that I pray, that I am seeking answers for, I will get some way or another, may not necessarily agree with my concept of what I think I should be getting. But God knows what I need, even the Bible says, before we ask Him in prayer. So if that is the case, and God already knows what he, we need before we even ask Him, when we go to Him, even if our prayers are like a little bit amiss, you know what? God is able to like, eh, course adjustment, here's what you need. Let me give you the answer that you need. Let me give you the answer that will bring you life. Let me give you the answer that's going to let you know that I care for you, that I love you, that I am with you. Faith will do that. You know what? Many times when I pray prayers, I think I know what I'm praying for. I just say, God, I, I like to finish it this way. That's just me. I'm like, God, you know. You know what I need. I don't know if I'm praying the right thing. I don't know if I'm like exactly what I need to be right now with you. But God, you know. Will you please come to my help? You know, God knows that. Do you know that God already knows the things that are in your heart and my heart? Even before they happen, he already knew. Do you know that the sovereignty of God is that very notion that he has that the very life that you represent is being held right here in the palm of his hand. And he sees everything and he knows everything. There's absolutely nothing that escapes his notice or attention. God knows what you're going through. Don't ever think that God has forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. God is not neglecting you. Maybe you're not getting what you think you need to get. But at some point, I believe Matthew 21, 22 will be that you will pray and God will bless you with what you truly need if you have faith in Him. Faith. Having faith is having the confidence in the abilities of God to perform what he said he would, regardless of whether we truly believe it 100% or not. He's just saying, God, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm trusting you. I'm, I, I, I don't even have all the faith that I need, but you know what? Come to my aid. Do you remember that centurion that went to, to Jesus and his little boy was sick and he just said, oh God, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, you probably should not even come to my house. I'm not even worthy of you to come. But you know, if you say just the word, I don't know that I have it all together. I don't know if I'm asking the right way. I'm not, not sure if I actually should be here. But if you just speak one word, one word, he will be made well. What did Jesus say? This guy is not even one of ours. But I have never seen faith like this man before. Did he know that he had faith? I'm not sure that he did. 
Did he know that he was actually asking prayer, the prayer that he should have been asking for, the way that God was looking for him to ask that prayer for? I, I, I really don't know. But I know one thing, that God knew. And God knows. And God knows the circumstances that you're going through and the situation that you're facing. And God will answer you. Do not dare lose hope. Don't dare lose hope. This verse said, whatever you ask for in prayer. Friends, I want you to know that there's no issue that is too big for God. But similarly, there's no issue that is too small for God either. That we cannot bother Him with our little petty prayers. You can God bother God with your little petty prayers that you consider to be petty. All you need. Because God will listen to you each and every time. That means whether you sprain your ankle as you were going down the stairs of your house or walking to the kitchen for that next snack that you just needed to have, like me at 10 o'clock at night. And just like, come on, don't look at me like you've never done that before. I know you've gone to the kitchen at 10 o'clock at night for that late snack before you go hit the sack. I know you do. So do I. Whatever it is, from that little boo-boo to a great disease or sickness or whatever situation that you may be facing, that's why whatever is whatever it is in your life and whatever it is in my life, when we pray, God answers. So we got to make prayer a priority. We cannot discard or disregard prayer. We have got to believe that prayer is the way we communicate with God. And so if we communicate with God through prayer, that means that we have got to pray. Why? Because God answers when we pray and we ask Him in faith. In faith. Where do you need an infusion of hope today? Where is God pointing right now in your life? Is there something? Can you be honest with yourself to say, yeah, that's, that's the area that God is pointing in my life. And he wants me to respond. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. If you live in the Charlotte area, we encourage you to worship with us on Sundays at 10 a.m. We encourage you also to give to this ministry so we can continue spreading the gospel to our city and throughout the world. You can go to our website at missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.